You are now listening to Zakaic Podcast, proclaiming Jesus as Savior, Healer, Sanctifier, and Coming King. Good morning. Before we start, can you greet the person next to you and tell to that person, I'm happy that you're here. Before I proceed with God's Word this morning, I just want to announce that on March 5, 2023, we're going to have a bloodletting activity. So for those who are interested, you may sign up at the lobby area or you may approach Pastor Arno, Arnold Santiago for more details. Once again, good morning. Last time, way, way back, we were talking, me and I and my 10-year-old cousin, and he showed me an apple. And he told me, Kuya, what is it? This is an apple. And my teacher told me that depending on the lens that you use or, or how you look at this apple plays a big role on the things or how you view it. And I told him, oh, really? Can you share me some example? And he told me that for a teacher, an apple could be a subject matter for you to teach inside a school. But for a doctor, it could be a fruit that is full of nutrients. But for a botanist, it could be a seed-bearing fruit that is capable of producing multiple trees with its seed. But for a merchant, they view an apple as a potential source of income by selling it. Then it dawned to me and I realized that what my cousin said, a 10-year-old, was true. Depending on the lens that we use, the way we see things, the way we see situation, it plays a big role on how we look at things. And the same goes with our everyday lives. The lenses that we use on our daily lives, the way we look at things, the way we approach at people, it plays a big role in our actions and how we see things. And this morning, we're going to talk about the most interesting topic here about this love series. And I hope and pray that as we discuss this series, this topic, specific topic that we're going to talk this morning, we're going to learn from it and we're going to open our hearts and accept God's word in our hearts. If you have your Bibles with you, kindly open it with me in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. Again, our passage this morning is found in the book of Luke, chapter 6, verses 27 to 36. The word of the Lord says, But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, and bless those who curse you, Pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Verse 32. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. If you lend to those from whom you expect repayment, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners, expecting to be repaid in full. But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great, 
and you will be children of the Most High because He is kind to the ungrateful and wicked. Be merciful just as your Father is merciful. God bless the reading of His Word. Before we dig in with God's Word, can we bow down our heads and let us pray. Our most gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we praise and thank you because I believe that it's not an accident that we are here this very morning. And I believe, Lord, that you have a message for us this morning. And I pray, Lord, that you would open our hearts and help us, Lord, and allow us to accept your word truthfully and wholly into our hearts. If there are things, Lord, in our hearts right now that is not ready to accept your word, I pray that you will take it away and allow your Holy Spirit to work in us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, I just want to give a little background about the passage that we just read. This was actually the time where Jesus had done a lot of miracles during his time in ministry here on earth. And this was the time where Jesus also um, made uh, healing for the sick and made the lame walk. And a lot of people saw it, witnessed what Jesus did. So Jesus went up to a mountain and prayed. And these people who were expectant that Jesus will do a miracle again was just waiting down at the foot of the mountain. And this is what happened. Back then, when Jesus made this miracle, sa isip ng mga tao, they were thinking, maybe Jesus will do another miracle again. So we will wait for Him. And that's why you will find Jesus here, and He goes on by saying, when He went down to the mountain after praying, when a lot of people left already, because they were thinking, siguro hindi nagagawa ng miracle si Jesus. And when Jesus went down, he appealed to those people who stayed. And he said to these people, to you who are listening. That's what Jesus Christ said. Because the truth is, some people who stayed there, they weren't actually interested to listen to Jesus' teaching. They were just there because of curiosity or amusement. Gusto lang nila makita, ma-witness si Jesus Christ na ng miracle. But here in this preaching, Jesus turned to those people who were actually there, who waited, and told them, to you who are listening. Now at this point of Jesus' teaching, we would actually see that if we're going to look at the book of Matthew, and if we have heard the preaching of Pastor G.R. two Sundays ago, Pastor G.R. preached about loving your neighbor. And we have learned that loving your neighbor means that anyone can be a neighbor. But not everyone is willing to be a neighbor. And back, and back then, during the time of Jesus Christ, when there were Pharisees, when they received that preaching of Jesus, especially in the book of Matthew, when Jesus was preaching on the mountain, itong mga Pharisees na ito, when they received the message of Jesus Christ, they were thinking maybe the neighbor that Jesus Christ was pertaining was the Jews. So we can love the Jews because they are our neighbor. And we don't need to love the Gentiles. So let's consider the Gentiles our enemies. Yun yung sa isip ng mga Pharisees. They don't want to include the Gentiles because they consider them as ceremonially unclean. So when Jesus was preaching about this, when He preached about loving your enemies, this was actually all-inclusive. And this is his message to those Pharisees and to those people who stayed there that loving your neighbor means also loving your enemies, those people you consider your enemies. But you see, when Jesus preached this, 
a lot of those people who was listening to Jesus, they were thinking, this is counterintuitive. It doesn't make sense at all. When Jesus said, love your enemies, to the mind and hearing of those people, Lord, even in your word, in the Old Testament, it says, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Masanay kami bumawi. So loving your enemies for them, especially during their time, it doesn't make sense. And Jesus here, he described later on, ano nga ba yung enemy? Who is our enemy? And in the same passage that we just read, it says here, I think I had it on my slide, our enemy, when we describe him, it is anyone who curses you, anyone who hates you, anyone who spitefully uses you, and anyone who persecutes you. I just want to read that again. Anyone who curses you, anyone who hates you, anyone who spitefully uses you, and anyone who persecutes you. Yun daw yung consider nating enemy. Those people who talks behind our back, those people who utter curses against us, those people who secretly hates us, who spitefully uses us and persecutes us. But then Jesus goes on and tells those people there, to love your enemies. Now, in the book of Matthew, Jesus preached the same preaching. Now, if you're going to look at that, it was actually part of Jesus' sermon on the mount. And the very reason why Jesus preached that, that is because he wanted the people to know that this is the way you're going to live because you're already citizen of God's kingdom. Ganito kayo dapat mamuhay because you're already part of God's kingdom. And the goal of Jesus here is the same thing. When he teached about loving your enemies, he was telling those people who were listening, this is how you love. This is how you're going to live. Because you are already a citizen of God's kingdom, you are to love your enemies. But then again, those people back then, when they received this, it doesn't make sense. It's counterintuitive. It's counterculture. All our lives, we have been taught that an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. When someone did a bad thing to you, gagawin mo din ng masama para sa kanila. When someone did this to you, you will also do the same thing to them. Because we have that concept of revenge. So people back then, they were thinking, it doesn't make sense. Why would you encourage me to love someone who hates me? Why would you encourage me to love someone who curses me, who spitefully uses me, who talks behind my back, who takes advantage of me? Then Jesus, he goes on in verse 29. He says here, If someone slap you on one cheek, turn to them the other also. Now the reason for this is before, especially during the time of Jesus in the Old Testament, this actually means insult. So when Jesus was speaking about giving your one shake, it means that when someone insults you, just allow them. Yun yung mini-mini Jesus Christ ito. And in verse 29, he also said, if someone takes your coat, do not withhold your shirt from them. Because this means if someone mistreats you or if someone is doing something that is ill against you or manipulate you, you just allow them. Because this command is about sacrificial giving and love. And in verse 30, he says here, 
Give to everyone who asks you. And if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Now, Jesus was saying this because he was encouraging those listeners, those disciples of the kind of love that they are to portray. That practice of sacrificial love. And maybe as we go on with this preaching, maybe someone or a name appeared in your mind. But you see, it isn't loving to give into someone's manipulation with us that transforms us. But it is actually the act or the act of love that allows us to be transformed. And here Jesus goes on by saying the golden rule, do to others as you would have them done to you. Now the negative way of stating this command was known long before Jesus. It's actually found in the Old Testament, which says, you should not do to your neighbor what you would not want him to do to you. Wag mong gawin sa iba yung ayaw mong gawin rin sa'yo. This is what Jesus was telling here. But you see, this was very significant for Jesus to put in a positive note. It's because during their time, it was very known that mindset, that practice, if someone does a bad thing to you, bawian mo rin ang masama. Pag may gagawa sa'yo ng ganito, ito din yung gawin mo, masama din para sa kanila. And you see how culture transforms and envelops itself, especially during our time. That kind of saying, that kind of mindset is very popular in us today. Pag may gagawa sa'yo ng masama, yun din yung gagawin mo sa kanila. Why? Because you want that person to experience the same thing. That concept of revenge is still around us, very much popular, very much known, especially in our time. But you see, in verse 35, Jesus goes on by saying, But love your enemies. Love your enemies and do good to them without expecting to get anything back. Now for those who were listening back then, and especially to us, why would Jesus encourage those listeners? Why would I love someone those people who curse me, those people who did bad thing against me, those people who had ill will, why would I love them where, where all that they have done to me was hurt me? Bakit ko sila mamahalin kung yung tanging ginawa lang nila, esaktan ako. But you see, Jesus here, He pinned down that our enemies are those who purposely and knowingly seek our ill will. They have bitterness and hatred in their hearts against us. They do not seek our good, but only what is evil. And Jesus said that these are the people that we are going to love. These are the people that we're going to love. But then again, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense that Jesus here is telling these people are telling us to love our enemies. Nasakta na tayo, that's why we learn. That's why we build walls instead of bridges. Because we know and learned that hurt is a painful thing. But then Jesus here, He goes on with the saying, Love your enemies. And do good to them. 
You see, loving your enemies, this is very much contrary to what we feel right. Why would I love someone? Someone who backstabs me. Someone who says bad things against me. Why would I love this person? This is contrary to what we feel right or normal. That's why if we're going to look at this passage, this passage is very challenging. It's very challenging. It's easier to curse those people who hate us. It's easier to be angry at those people who is angry at us. It's so easy. But you see, we should understand that when Jesus used the word love, He actually used it using the word agape, or in the Greek word which means sacrificial, or that unconditional love. And this actually meant that with this kind of love, that unconditional love, you are to use that love to love your enemies. To love your enemies. And no matter what, even if they remain our enemies for life. Now, we have to understand that when Jesus told this, He had this perspective about the kingdom of God. And this is how we're going to live in God's kingdom. With that sacrificial love, with that love that we receive from the Lord. But you see, oftentimes we think that whenever we experience such thing, it's easier said than done. Mas madaling sabihin na love your enemies, pero mahirap gawin. And that's true. And I share the same feeling with everyone. It's really hard and a challenging thing. But you see, what if, I just want to put us into perspective, what if the tables have turned? We are the ones that are angry with our enemies. We are the ones that are upholding bitterness and resentment. We are the one cursing those people who have hurt us, those people who have backstabbed us, those people who have stolen from us, who took advantage from us. And yet again, loving our enemies is not that easy. Loving our enemies is not that easy. Can you look at the person beside you? Mukha bang madali sa taong yan magmahal ng kalaban? It's not. It's not easy for all of us. And you see, in our counseling class, I realized that there are three lenses that we use. That's why it makes hard for us to love our enemies. And the first one is this. It's hard for us to love our enemies. It's because of hurt. I learned that hurt people hurt people. Yung mga taong nasaktan, sila yung mga taong nananakit. When they experience pain, they also allow others to experience pain. And you see, pain, especially emotional pain, it's part, it's there inside our hearts. And you see, yung bata, pag nasasaktan yung bata, iyak yan. Because that's how they express pain. That's how they express discomfort. But when the adult is in pain, anong ginagawa ng adult? Nagkikimkim. We shout. We want to be heard. But at the root of this, 
We feel hurt because someone betrayed us. Someone talked behind our back. Someone said bad things against us. Someone took advantage of us. Or someone promised us something and, did it, and didn't do it at all. And the list can go on. But you see, one way or the other, we experience hurt. We experience hurt. And though we deny, and it's hard for us to admit, with hurt comes anger. You see, we feel angry because we feel that something has been taken away from us. And sometimes we express hurt by shouting because we want to be heard. We want to express. But most of the time, we cling to hurt because we think that it allows us to feel the emotion of being in pain. But the more we cling to hurt and thinking that we will be repaid, we're not actually aware that there the bitterness grows in our hearts. And when that happens, when that happens, we allow that person to hurt us to hurt us all over again. That's why you see, a while ago I mentioned to you that maybe you're thinking of someone who has hurt you in the past. And that's true for all of us. The human experience will tell us that all of us has experienced hurt. And that's why whenever someone would tell or ring or even just give an instance where you are reminded of that hurt, how does a hurt person act? Okay lang ako. Pero bakit nagtatampo? Bakit sumisigaw? Bakit umiiyak? Kasi may masakit. There is hurt in our hearts. And here, the question that I want to ask you is how long are we going to allow the people who have hurt us to control our life? How long are we going to allow the people who have hurt you to control your life? See, hurt is one of the lenses that we use to look. That's why it's hard for us to love our enemies. And the second one is anger. If there's one thing that I learned about anger, is that it's a natural emotion. It's okay to feel angry. What's not okay is to act on that anger, especially destructively. When you see someone that is angry, you would initially know that the person is angry. Either pula yung muka or sumisigaw. That's an angry person. But you see, one evidence that you would know that this is an angry person is when this person is actually saying things that are hurtful. To feel angry is okay. But to act on anger destructively is not. Because anger is a natural emotion. And this is what happens here. That's why there are a lot of people who lashes out, who shouts at people, who tells bad things against other people, who destroys the reputation of other people. Because they are angry. And when they act upon their anger, they feel that they are justified. 
Kasi pastor, nasaktan ako. That's why nagalit ako. And we understand the pain. We understand the hurt. But you see, there's this time that people would allow that anger to sit long enough in their hearts. Because sometimes there are, there are times where we feel that anger makes us powerful. But you see, that's actually not true. Anger doesn't make us any stronger. It shouldn't be anger that should manage your actions, but you should manage your anger. And you see, because of unresolved anger in our hearts, we find it hard to love our enemies. Because this person hurt me. That person talked behind my back. This person, he belittled me, maligned me. And so we feel that our anger is justified because someone betrayed us. And the human experience will tell us that it's true. And that makes it hard for us to love our enemies because deep inside our hearts, there's that hurt. There's that anger. And the third thing, or the third lens, is unforgiveness. Now, I want, you, I want to show you this picture. This is actually one of our lessons in my masteral in counseling. And one of our professor, in the name of Dr. Everett Worthington, he's actually a, a psychiatrist and a counselor. He told us that there is actually steps to forgiveness. And the first step to forgiveness is recalling the hurt. Yung sabi niya, alalahanin mo yung masakit. But then, when we actually discussed this in class, he also told us that this is the hardest thing to do. Recalling the hurt. You know why? It's because who among us would want to be reminded of the bad things that we experienced in the past? Of the words of those ugly things that has been done to us? None of us, right? None of us. But this is the thing here. Whenever we try to recall our hurt, the emotions linger. Whenever we try to recall those past deeds that was done to us, andun ulit yung sakit. Masakit pa rin. Andun pa rin yung pain. And that's why recalling the hurt, especially for us Christians, it's hard. And what more in the perspective of loving our enemies? Why would I love my enemy? Kung yung taong yun, gumawa ng masama sa akin. And every time I remember that, I feel that I am belittled. I feel that I am maligned. I feel that I am someone who was mistreated so bad. But you see, when we think of it that way, and we allow anger to sit, longer in our hearts, then I'm afraid that we already have unforgiveness. You see, my counselor used to tell me that hurt, anger, and unforgiveness, they're like garbage in our lives. You know what? Diba? Inside our house, as much as possible, tinatago natin yung basura. Kung pwede, andun lang yan sa kitchen or sa likod lang. It's because at the sight of it, ayaw natin may makikita ng basura. And the same goes with our lives. 
that hurt, anger, and unforgiveness, we try to put it at the back of our mind, thinking that if it's at the back of our mind, we're feeling okay. We're doing good. We put a facade that we smile all day, thinking that we're okay and we're doing fine. Pero ang basura, pag tumatagal na nakatago, bumabaho. Ang basura, pag sobrang tagal nang nakatago, lumalabas ng baho. And the same goes for us. The longer we keep hurt, anger, unforgiveness at the back of our mind, at the seat of our hearts, it shows. And how does it show up? To the words that we speak. Show me a hurt person, that person will tell hurtful words. Through our actions, show me an angry person and it will be showed through her actions. Show me a person who has unforgiveness in his or her heart. And the language is very much different. Because you see, it shows in our actions and the words that we speak, in the language that we talk with the people around us. And you see, this lenses, hurt, anger, unforgiveness. Oftentimes, these are the lenses that's stopping us from loving our enemies. That's why for those people who are listening, especially during the time of Jesus Christ, it doesn't make sense. Why would I love that person? Sinaktan niya ako? Ginalit niya ako? Ayoko sa kanya. And the same goes for us today. It's hard for us to love our enemies because of those three lenses. Because we were hurt, we felt angry, and there's that unforgiveness in our hearts. Bakit ko siya patatawarin? Napakaswerte niya naman kung patawarin ko siya. And you see, that resonates with what we're feeling in our hearts. So my brother and sisters in Christ, I just want to ask this question to all of you. If God is going to take a good look into your hearts right now, what will be the first thing that He's going to see? What will be the first thing that He's going to see? So we ask the question, how do we love our enemies? How do we love our enemies? Now the answer is actually found in the same verse that we just read. It's found in verse 35. God said, Jesus said here, But love your enemies, do good to them, and lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Jesus said here, do good to those who hate you. Why does Jesus want us to do good to those who hate us? Now the question for this is about the question of motivation. Because here, when Jesus was talking about the kingdom of God, He was telling these people that this is you're going to live. You're already a citizen of God's kingdom. You have experienced God's love, God's forgiveness. Therefore, you ought to love your enemies with the same love that you have experienced from God. That same love you have experienced from God. Do good to your enemies. But what if, Lord, that person still insults me? Do good to your enemies. But what if, Lord, that person continues to malign me? Jesus says, do good. 
to your enemies. You see, because if we're going to respond anger with the same anger, then we're going to have trouble. If we're going to allow hurtful words to face up with hurtful words, then the trouble will continue. But if you're going to face up anger, resentful words, hurtful words, with good deeds, with doing good things, then it stops with you. Our calling as a Christian is to love our enemies. While I was reading this, I was just telling Lord, Lord, sobrang hirap. It's so hard. It's so hard to love our enemies, honestly. It's so hard to love those people who have talked behind our back, who have mistreated us, who have betrayed us. It's so hard. But the perspective of Jesus, because in his mind, it was the kingdom of God and the love that we have received from God. I want to share to you a story about one of our case study in my masteral. I learned about the story of Mika. She was actually an eight-year-old who came from a Christian family. But unfortunately, when she was eight-year-old, she got raped by her own father and, grandma and grandfather. And during that time, it has been a repeated action, behavior inside her family. He tried reaching out to her mother, but her mother just denied her of that. At the age of 14, Nabuntis siya ng sarili niyang tatay. And the moment that her father learned about that, binugbog siya ng tatay niya because her father thought na baka mahulog yung bata. And after that incident, after that abuse, she ran away from their house. From 14 to 18 years old, she became a prostitute because she thought, what's the use of my body if someone would not use it? She lost her self-identity. She lost that love towards his family. And she lost her belief with God. And she kept in her journal saying, Lord, if you really love me, why did you allow such thing? My own father, my own grandmother, my mother denying me of every right that I have. At the age of 20, she tried committing suicide. The first try was unsuccessful. But along the way, she met a Christian through a gathering. And this Christian told her, maybe you need someone to talk to. And this Christian referred her to a Christian counselor. So Micah attended. For six months, she attended. She went there. But for six months, she did not talk and tell her story. Wala siyang sinabi for six months. She was just there sitting, attending every meeting, and the counselor was so patient. And after that six months, Micah started to tell her story. And she asked her counselor, Sabi niya, Ma'am, why are you so patient with me? For six months, akala ko magigib up ka na sa akin. But why are you so patient with me? And this is what the counselor said. It's because the moment that you stepped 
in through that door, I already prayed to God that He will help me to help you. And you know what? After that counseling session, Micah opened her Bible. And he read that verse where Jesus said, allow those children to come to me. And this is what she wrote in her journal. I may not have a biological father. My family may have abused me and maltreated me. But Jesus invites me to come to him. Jesus invites me to come to him. And as a result, Micah today is a missionary reaching out to those children who are product of abuse and maltreatment and those who are product of human trafficking. If I'm going to read the story of Micah out of hurt, I would say, why would I love that father who maltreated and raped her own daughter? He deserved death from the lens of hurt, anger, and unforgiveness. From, but from the lens of God's love and God's grace, Micah chose to forgive her father because that is the language of God's love. That is the language of God's love. My brothers and sisters in Christ, forgiving and loving our enemies is hard work. It's not an easy task. If you came here today bearing that same emotion of hurt, of anger, of unforgiveness, I understand. Because we have all experienced it. Take your time. Take your time to heal, to go through the emotion, but do not waste your time. And as I end, I want to leave you with this caption. In the lens of my hurt, forgiveness feels like a decision to reward my enemy. But in the lens of the cross, forgiveness is merely a gift from one undeserving soul to another. We learn to love our enemies because we experience that same love from our God. We don't deserve it. But God showed it through His grace and sacrifice on the cross. Good morning and the Lord bless you. You just heard the message from Zumbuanga City Alliance Evangelical Church. We hope that it will help you in your journey with the Lord Jesus Christ. For more updates, you can follow us in our social media platforms in Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Zekayak Ministries. See you there!